1: Here comes Corey Heim, rookie driver out of Marietta, Georgia. First career win of the National Camping World Truck Series, and it happens at Atlanta.
2: Let's go, awesome! Ryan Singh looking for his first career victory.
1: Second place now, diving to the inside is Ty Gibbs. Ty Gibbs to the race lead off turn number
3: one! Ty Gibbs wins at Atlanta and wins for the second time in 2022.
1: Are you kidding me? Let's go! Yeah! We found here in the Circle City, Kurt Busch, the 45. This time, McAdoo goes to the inside. Jet Lawrence slingshots around the outside. Does he have the drive? Jet Lawrence will take the checkers in Indy. This is the 450 main event. Oh! Takes Anderson down. down. Oh, Here we go. Eli Tomac on the throttle, gets the pass. A little drama on top, but in the end, it is Eli Tomac that dominates in Indy. Fireworks going off at Sebring International Raceway. Coming out of the final corner, Earl Bamber is going to win the Sebring. 12 hours for Chip Ganassi. Disappointment at Daytona, Corvette wins at Sebring. Wow, that is making a statement right there. The red light comes on and we are underway here. Miguel is the man in Mandalika in our first Indonesian Grand Prix in a quarter of a century. A brilliant podium. Charles Leclerc wins the Bahrain Grand Prix and it is a one-two finish for Ferrari. Here comes Joseph Newgarden on, oh, on, on the on the It's
3: going to
1: be a drag race. Newgarden has done it. On the final lap.
2: You're the man. How about You're that? Man.
1: That epitomizes it is not over until it's over. We've never seen this before. Fans are ready, and we're ready for a start at Atlanta Motor Speedway. William Byron will hang on and win at Atlanta Motor Speedway in dramatic fashion. They're crashing behind him. Hell yeah, boy!
3: Awesome, freaking driving, great spot, great team, Lots of changes, stayed
1: up
4: late last night, love you guys, Woo! Welcome into NASCAR America Motor Mouse. Steve LaTar, Kyle Petty, Jeff Burton, there's a, so much to uh Digest from just the NASCAR yes. weekend in Atlanta, reconfigure Atlanta. But how about the weekend overall? We we'll just show the highlights. I mean, from bikes on pavement to bikes on dirt, open wheels, sports cars, IndyCar, we had it all.
5: I'm speechless. I mean, it, was, it, was, for, it was way for too March, much. It a good weekend. It, for March, it was a great weekend, and the weather cooperated everywhere they were at. So yeah. it, was, it was, and listen. I I like the bikes on asphalt. I'm a a bike on asphalt guy. Bike on
4: asphalt in the rain, you're tougher than I am.
5: Yes. A ton of competitive events, too, not just cool events. They were all really competitive.
6: Close fall, last lap passes, a little bit of everything throughout the whole weekend.
4: So we're kicking off our year here on NASCAR America Motor Miles. As you want to remember, this is a fan show. We need your calls. We need your questions. We want your opinions. You see the number right there, 844-NASCAR-NBC. Call in and give us your thoughts. So we have a whole start of a season to digest, but let's start at Atlanta, Reconfigured Atlanta. Jeff, you were in person, so I'm going to come to you first it looked crazy on tv how about in person
6: well after the first practice on saturday i thought they should have called it and said hey it's a 500k yeah not 500 miles like i don't i'm like the immediate talk was how in the world are you going to do this for yeah. 500 miles you know it's a super speed well like dayton and talladega but shoved into a mile and a half racetrack yes. and so when they come by you they looked like they're running 400 miles per hour and there was nowhere to go uh, one of the things we never didn't see happen was green flag pit stops Thank goodness, because yeah. I don't know how that was going to work. So right from the start, you knew this was going to be a different weekend. You knew it was going to be competitive. You knew it was going to be action-packed, and it, and it certainly didn't disappoint in any yeah. of those.
5: Yeah. Hey, listen, I, I grew up on the old racetrack, the, the first one, and then raced on the second configuration. Thank God I aged out and didn't have to run this one. <laughs> I, that's all. That's because, listen, William Byron got out, and he's, what, 24 years old, and said, The most intense race he had ever run. He just couldn't focus anymore the concentration it took to lead this pack and to run in this pack.
4: I talked to a couple spotters, and they said the most mentally taxing thing they've ever had to do. Yeah. And I was trying to understand, and they they said just what you said. They said, look, Daytona and Talladega, the size, while the car speed is perhaps higher, the size makes everything a little slower. They said down there, it was just, it was nonstop. There was nowhere to go. Um... And the width of the track, while it is wide enough for three cars, because we at times saw yes. three cars, it wasn't comfortably wide yes. enough for three cars. I think some of that has to do with the transitions, right? You kind of get in the straightaway, and you lose track yeah. of what a lane is because it's so wide. You see right here, that's the backstretch, three cars comfortable. When you go down to the corner, you know, not to mention, I think they needed a little yeah. more than a car width to keep them but I want to
5: ask, I want to ask Jeff this, too, because I thought about this while I was watching this. This is technically, it's wider than Daytona. Okay, technically, it's a, it's a wider corner. But you've, dri- you've driven an Indy. You've driven an Indy. That first corner looks like it's about as wide as this desk oh, when yeah. you get the Indy. And oh, I, think yeah. that's, I think that's a lot of what these guys saw. You talk about the speed. I think visually, optically, it just seemed a lot narrower, especially getting off into turn one and getting off into turn, because you didn't have that expansive straightaway like you do at Daytona,
6: yeah, and, and, and it's the same width. It is the same width as Charlotte, yeah. From the wall to the yellow line on the bottom of the racetrack, or the white and red line, it's the same yeah. width as Charlotte. You wouldn't look think it by looking at it. We've never seen this kind of racing before yeah. on a That's mile the and a half. You know, we in with the All Star race at Texas last year with the with the arrow and engine package. The last couple of years on mile and a halves, we saw a version of this, but we've never seen this on a new paved racetrack trying to pull some speeds. I can only imagine how fast he would have run unrestricted. I mean, it would have been nuts with the added banking. I mean, it would have been crazy. So remember, that's why the speed got pulled out of it, right? The speed got pulled out of it because it would have been ridiculous. So that was the the beginning of it all. And then instead of saying, hey, let's don't really understand what we're going to have, let's just make it so we know they're going to to run wide open and have this kind of race. And they had it. I mean, you never know, Steve. I mean, you know, the smartest people in the world can get together and say, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put this package together, and it's going to have this result. Eh, that doesn't always mean yeah, it's going to work. True. But it, it, without a doubt, if that was the goal for this weekend, they 100% met that goal.
4: Yeah, the intensity was high. We're going to get to talk to a driver that was in the field, Kurt Busch, is supposed to be joining us here around uh, 10 or 15 more minutes. So get your phone call in for Kurt Busch in the second segment. Phone number is on the screen. Uh, but let's talk about the winner, William Byron. Let's start the year, right? We have Austin Sindrick, a rookie, wins the Daytona 500 then Larson, probably the most surprising Larson win, only because he didn't dominate. Yeah. No one's surprised that he won. <laughs> Bowman, come from nowhere. Bowman, the, the guy continues to only win. Only Kyle
5: Busch was surprised at that one. So he was <laughs>
4: okay, right? Kyle <laughs> Busch, yeah. Uh, and then we see Briscoe. We all knew Briscoe was a good race car driver from what we saw on Saturdays, yeah. but his trip to Sundays have been difficult, yes. self-admittedly. Last year, he did not have a lot of results. He put an impressive show on this year, winning at Phoenix, uh, and then William Byron at Atlanta. So, uh, a wave of five drivers have won all different. I think surprising to me is my Crystal Ball had Cindric and Briscoe racing to make the playoffs on points maybe around the middle yeah. of the summer. Now they've gobbled up two spots. I mean, what do you make of the playoff field as it currently sits? I mean, should veterans start to be concerned?
5: Well, yeah, I, I tell you what I like. Um, I, I like the mix of organizations that we've seen run up front. I will say that I do like that mix of organizations. And you look at these, um, you look at these four or five winners. I'm not sure concern is an issue because I, I expect, and, and we'll, we were talking about before, Denny Hamlin. Um, you look at Denny Hamlin. You look at Kurt Busch. You look at Kevin Hart. You look. At the, I, th- I think these guys can win races. Okay, and I mean I, I really do. I just think they're going to win races. So points are not an issue for them moving forward. But I do believe, and we were talking about before. If you're Denny Hamlin and you're 28th or 29th in points and if it continues like this year is gone, then there's got to be a little concern, Uh, even five races into the season. Maybe not panic, but a little concern to say, when's this ship going to get righted and and when we're going to head in the right direction? But listen, it's cup racing, okay? The guys that win, the cream, in the words of Jimmy Spencer, the cream rises to the cream. (laughs) <laughs> okay that, that, that's it it's going to get back to the top at some point in time so
6: yes it will but remember we sat here last year for 20 some weeks saying well denny's going to win kevin's going to win true. that's true that's true and and it took them forever kevin never did denny ended up getting some wins but but i i'm nervous if i'm a, if i'm an experienced guy i'm sitting yeah. here looking and there's two guys already that won races that did not make the playoffs last year two all right you think you think about the point battle to get into the playoffs? The last several years, it's been tight. Can Denny Hamlin? Can um, uh, several guys that have had trouble early in the year, Christopher Bell? Can they earn enough points? Yeah. To get themselves in, look 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 where they are. Look at look at Christopher Bell. That's. Look at Denny Hamlin. Can they earn enough points? Right. To race themselves yeah. in a point position, they have dug themselves. In a potential must-win situation. Yeah. I know that sounds crazy this early in the year, but... Uh, no, it But doesn't. look how well Trackhouse is running. Yes. Well, was would it surprise say, you if yeah. any of those two guys got in the Reddick, playoffs? Reddick,
4: Chastain. I can make a list this of other guys. Right. Yeah. Well, think of RCR a year ago. They felt good, and Eric Amarola won in the summer. Next thing you know, they have a car out, and, and it's a scramble. Yeah. And, yeah. and because we all thought, me included, when I say we, I'm going to put myself in the bucket... I didn't see any more new winners. Yeah. Eric Almirola r- r- reminded us that people can win on any weekend yeah. and won in a dominant fashion. So I think yeah. what we love about the sport is there's only 16 seats. No matter how good your resume, no matter what you've done in the past, <laughs> there's 16 seats in the playoffs. So everyone that gets filled up you know, with someone yeah. who we crack, you know, don't expect, we'll see. But, hey, listen, it wouldn't be NASCAR Motor Mouse if we didn't have our first caller of the year. And, of course, NASCAR, you're in <laughs> it, man. You're
1: pole position. <laughs>
3: Hey, guys, it's good to be great back on the show. But I want to get to the biggest news that we haven't talked about. Newman's not running cup, but that doesn't mean NASCAR ain't going to have a dog in the fight. So my new driver, Unveil, he's got some ties with Ryan Newman. that is the number 12. I'm sticking with Ryan. Ryan Blaney is my new driver, y'all. So we we'll get that hey, news well, out. NASCAR. that's a good pick.
5: That's that, a good listen, pick. Listen, that's good. You only had to change part of your tattoo.
3: Exactly. <laughs> um, I, think it's been, I think this season has been everything that we talked about last year. They're writing a notebook on these cars. We're going to see uh, some different things. But the one thing I want to ask you, and I'm going to go to the crew chief, Steve LaTarte. These first few races, these tires, is it something with the way that the cars are being set up, the camber? Or what is going on with these tires? Because we have seen quite a tire issue in almost every race. Well, I, I will go
4: with this. I do think that it's a learning curve. Uh, we saw mainly right rears at Atlanta, and surprisingly, mainly the leader. Uh, which, as crazy as it sounds, I can get my brain around. So we used to see right fronts, and it didn't normally be the leader because it was the guy that might was it, the car was driving the worst, abusing the right front the worst, heating that tire up. The tire fails. Out here, it's continuous. It was the leader. I believe. There's something to do with the aero load. I think the guy up front has the most air on his car, perhaps the most load on the right rear. I'm not an engineer to prove that. This independent rear suspension, rear camber is not new. People have had it forever. But how does it work? How does it work the tire? Remember, this isn't just a new car. This tire went from this big, tall sidewall on a 15-inch wheel to this little, tiny sidewall. I don't think even the teams know what the limit is. But when I was watching the race... Fox did a great job of, uh, it was a great report from Pit Road that Alan Gustafson had told his driver, hey, we don't have as much camber as the other Chevrolets that have had an issue. So I'm going to take that and kind of you know, extrapolate yeah. out that the crew chief who's yeah. working on this race car, a championship crew chief, felt that camber was his biggest was concern. He didn't mention air pressure, he didn't mention yeah. something else. So Jeff, I believe as everyone finds the limit teams are going to gonna trip over the lip yeah. because, guess what, a win in your end. We just talked about the playoffs. All those guys were leading. They were yeah. feeling really good till
6: it went bad. Yeah, California was left-rears, and we know what that is. Left-rears in yeah. California is air pressure. You know, it's rough there, and it damages the sidewall. We, we can almost assure you of that. But you're right. There is no, well, last year with this tire, we did this and didn't have a problem. There's none of that. Like, you're starting over with right. everything, and and <clears> – <throat> I, it shouldn't. I don't think it's coincidental that it was the guy running up front, and they were Chevrolets. Not that anything was wrong with Chevrolet, but yeah. you have to remember how Chevrolet works this year. They have an alliance, and and there's a lot of engineering support shared amongst all the Chevrolet teams. So you, you know, I can't think. Good when that that good ha- info. Yeah, <laughs> I can't oh, yeah. think oh, that yeah. that didn't oh, yeah. have some kind of play. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. and, and yeah. you're absolutely right, right? I mean, yeah, it, I was The in, recommendations come across. Yeah, so, and you
5: know. I, it was interesting to read some of the comments that that. Talking to, to you or seeing what um, we and Byron's crew chief said, back it down, lift a little bit, stay off of it getting in the corner, back up the pace, slow the pace a little bit. Yeah, so he had and, an opinion. That's too. like in yeah, like right, the 80s. That's but that's a little bit. And he's leading the race. So you're telling the leader, back her down a little bit, control the pace, control the pace of the race, control mm-hmm. what what's going on, and that's going to help you on, on your right rear. So obviously they had an opinion of what right. was causing that right where as you go back to the Chevy Cam.
4: Now, I never want to see tire failures, but I do believe at the same time, uh, you know, we haven't had, in my opinion, I was expecting more mechanical issues with the car, yeah. m- more just yeah. self-induced. I'll call them self-induced. Yeah. Hey, this should be loctited or this should be yeah. lubricated a different way. I mean, most of the cars have run to the finish, yeah. uh, you know, with, without breaking some random Which stuff. Which is impressive. Yeah, I mean, you know, everyone's learning. Everyone's learning. So, Chandler, you're on NASCAR American Motor Mouse, sir.
3: Thank you, Steve. It's so great to see NASCAR is back. You know, when Daytona came, the first two songs I played were The Boys Are Back in Town and Back in Black. It's so great to be back. So guys, you know, at the very beginning of the year, Austin Sendrick made an absolute surprise, winning the Daytona 500. And I picked him because I love seeing him race in the Xfinity Series. And although he won the Daytona 500, you know, the past four races, he's finished either 19th or worse, well, because of Atlanta. But I'm expecting, I say he's off to a great start, but what do you guys think? What can you expect out of Austin Cindric later this year for his rookie year?
4: Well, first of all, winning the Daytona 500 is a career in the making. Forget yeah. what kind of year you're having. I mean, yeah. that's enough. That's a trophy I would put in my mantle yeah. for the rest of my life. Followed up the
6: next week, sit on the pole.
4: Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So, so this, and, and, and at his age and the support, uh, there's no question this is a long term plan for Team Penske. He came all the way through the Xfinity Series ranks. I, I'm more surprised that he's already cashed in with a win, and no offense to Austin Sindrick, yeah. but it's an uphill yeah. battle. Sundays, it's a tall fence from Saturdays it's, to Sundays. When you jump that fence, it is. Right, we've had all the us that. Custer, Briscoe, all these drivers are like, this is crazy. So, good for him. I'm not surprised by the lack of finishes at some of the other yeah. races because we just talk about Denny Ham and Christopher. Like it, the whole thing yeah. is really kind of jumbled up.
5: Yeah. Listen, you talk about jumping the fence. He jumped the fence in the deep end. Oh, guess what? It's a different kind of car. It's a different world. Everything is different. So I think coming into the sport and Harrison has come in this year, it is it has its pluses and minuses. I think it has its pluses from saying, okay, it is a new car. I should be okay with everybody else. Nobody knows a lot more than me. But at the same time, it's cup racing. Right. Okay, it's cup racing. It's a different league than what the truck series is or the Xfinity series is. So, th- there's got to be a learning curve. There are, there has always been a learning curve. We go back to the very beginning of time, there's that learning curve uh for rookies and they just need if if it's all if if it's Austin, if it's Harrison, whoever the rookie may be, find that place, be consistent and learn that consistency early in that year and hopefully you'll have great finishes and hopefully you get a win, and you have bright spots, but just make sure you're there week in and week out, and running as many laps as you can.
6: To me, Austin is—he drives with confidence. Yeah, oh yeah. You watch yep. him run Xfinity races, and he took that to Cup. Even last year, when he ran the limited schedule, he didn't mind taking the fight to guys that were racing full-time Cup. Well, then he gets a win, pop, first race of the year. What does that do to you? That gives you even that more confidence, and it gives you the ability to make mistakes. Yes. It's okay if I make mistakes. I won the Daytona 500. Yeah, I'm, in. I'm in the playoffs. I'm in. Like, he has afforded the opportunity great to point. go be aggressive. And I think that plays to yeah, his yeah, strength. Yeah, that's a great point. Like, I think that I think that plays into his strength. Yeah. So, I think you're going to see really good things from Austin Hendrick yeah. this year. Well, we are blessed to have a
4: NASCAR champion who's going to join us after the break. Coming off his third-place finish at Atlanta, Kurt Busch will join the show. We can ask him firsthand how crazy Atlanta was.
1: Monster Energy AMA Supercross Championship from Indianapolis, Indiana, inside Lucas Oil Stadium. Todd Harris alongside the five-time champion, Ricky Carmichael. Let's turn our attention to 250 East and the sensation that is Jet Lawrence.
6: Ah, this guy keeps answer to bell. He was put to the test tonight, not only his heat race, but the main event
1: by Cameron McAdoo. 250, heat number two. Keep your eyes on the 18 and watch this ejection. Getting punted in that first corner. He's lucky he was able to get up from that, but he puts in the ride of the night. Comes from very dead last to win the heat race in a short amount of time. So carrying all kinds of momentum, he repeats it in the main event, gets a win, and now you're starting to wonder, has he locked up this title? Can anyone shut him down? I still think that Cameron McAdoo has a shot. we got some fun races coming up with the showdowns, triple crown. so a lot of racing left. Next weekend, it's the Pacific Northwest, Seattle, Washington, USA Network, 10 o'clock Eastern time. We will see you there. All right, exciting action from Indianapolis.
6: And our man, Kurt Busch, not only did he run third, Yesterday,
2: you went to that motocross race, checked it out. How was it? It was great, man. It was fun to take my crew guys on a plane and hit St. Elmo's on our way to Supercross. And then Monster Energy took care of everything for the guys. And we got right there behind the gate on one of the launches and got sprayed with the mud. So we were kids in a candy store. So, all right, first question. Were you able to eat the St. Elmo's cocktail sauce without (laughs) it being watered down? (laughs) Love that stuff. I'd put it in my pocket and take it with me afterwards. I'll, I'll leave it on my
4: oh, For sure. Kurt, listen, awesome to see you at the Supercross race. Atlanta was the big buzz all weekend long. Um, when we talk about veterans in the sport, politely, you're the veteran of the veteran, right? You've been around. You've seen so many different races. You're a champion. So many different cars. Have you experienced anything that you can relate to what you felt this weekend at Atlanta?
2: It was wild. I mean, it, it, the, the super speedway attitude at a mile and a half. I mean, it, it took me back to my first Daytona 500 where I was just blown away by all this newness and, and the speed and the draft and everybody was so uncomfortable with it that that's the way it made me feel like I was a rookie again. And yet you saw some of the same guys that do good on plate races running up front and you know practice never simulates uh what you end up with for the race with all 40 cars out there so we were doing our thing our veteran thing is kind of use stage one to get the balance of the car a little bit better and then race our way up uh once once some of the guys get thinned out and it ended up being an okay result for us with the damage we had so i was surprised we were able to have some speed even though the nose got torn off when uh Reddick spawned right in front of us with a flat right
5: rear. Hey, my question is this. We, we, we've heard it described by drivers. We've heard it from fans. We've heard it from media. Uh, the Speedway package, you guys run up against each other. You bump draft. Joey Logano said the only place to bump was really down the straightaway, and we saw how hard it was to get up on somebody in a corner, and we saw the catastrophic issues that we had when guys tried to bump draft through the corners. Why was this different? than Daytona or Talladega as far as laying on someone in the corner.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, the next gen cars data points. You know, we've only run it a couple times. I mean, really, the one super speedway race and this track, this tire, the tire was very conservative from Goodyear. And if we can get a softer tire on it next time, maybe there's more that the drivers can feel to catch it before it goes. Right now, it's it's as soon as you cross over that one and a half degrees of yaw the car gains so much front down force it spins out even extra quick so there's things we got to build into it to make it a bit more raceable but that's the the challenge of this car so it's going to do some things better and some things worse
6: so kurt you mentioned the car uh, multiple times how big of a change in a learning curve has this car been from daytona to where we are right
2: now, and where is it gonna go over the next five races? Man, it's, uh, I mean, we're going to Short Track World next. You know, I mean, after the road course, we're gonna be at Richmond and Martinsville, Dirt, Bristol. Uh, There's so much information and data gathering that our mindset on the 45 car right now is to make sure we keep pairing the tires and we make every lap that we can out on the track to gather data points. So it's been great to to kind of have that mindset. I mean, yeah, we want to push for a win, but we're not there yet, and we're taking those steps to get to that point. Um, I'm just hopeful we can find more drivability, but you're never going to have drivability if you're bottomed out on four shocks all the way around at 180 miles an hour. So there's different rules packages and things that I think NASCAR can tweak.
4: Well, I won't lie. You had a big transition over to Toyota, but I'm jealous of all your partners, right? You got the Jordan brand. You got the Monster Energy. Like, when it comes to cool partners, yeah. you have them signed up uh, left and right. What has the transition been over to uh, not just Toyota, but a, a, we'll call it a fledgling team, right? Yeah. I mean, this 2311 group did win a race last year with Bubba, but it's a very new group. Um, you're a veteran. You're now over working with a, law, a mix of new, younger talent Uh, And it has that feel. I bring up the partners because the whole look and feel of this team
2: is kind of a little edgy, a little younger. It it is that. And it's a lot of fun right now. And to be part of something new and to build the 45 number up and to have all these new people come in from different race teams, it's like a group of rebels wanting to to go and accomplish something very special. And, uh, you know, hats off and props to our president, Steve Laletta. And the, and the marketing team and the licensing group to have rounded up McDonald's and to have Money Lion. Jumpman will be on the car later on. You know, Monster Energy is our primary. They're almost at 30 races. And Toyota, you know, they, they gave their blessing to this program. And I'm happy to be the veteran to try to build this car up because I know I won't be around forever. And so it's fun teaching all these different new departments my 23 years of uh, of the Ph.D. that I have out here
5: so you talk about your 23 years you talk about this team have you been surprised this year um i mean we've seen obviously you've seen Cindric and, and briscoe win a race but we've seen Trackhouse up front you guys are running up front uh at 2311. jtd g Darty we've seen more organizations in different organizations consistently running in the top five or ten has that caught you off
2: guard has that surprised you this year You know, it it has, and then it hasn't. I mean, that's what this car was supposed to do, is be a a blank slate and a clean sheet for everybody to approach it from all areas. And the manufacturers are more involved. Uh, The data that we have and the things that I'm learning from the Toyota system and TRD, uh, I've never spent so much time in the sim to go and and baseline what we just raced to try to confirm it because we're building the sim up as well. So lots of work is going into things. And, you know, some teams have gotten hot right away with a couple little ideas. And, you know, we're, we're knocking on the door. And there's just little things that we have to do as a new team to get better with. And then uh, that's, that's when we'll have more consistency for, for running up front and leading laps.
6: Well, Kurt, you're doing a great job with that team, bringing that leadership that that a young team needs. You're also doing it in the sport. You're you're doing a lot of great things off the track, on the track, and around the track. A lot of respect for you and the effort you're putting in. And thank you for going to the the race on Saturday night with us, NBC crowd. Love having you there. And uh, we'll see you in Austin this weekend.
2: Yeah, it was great to show respect to the two-wheel world. Uh, My dad gave me a go-kart when I was little. I'm like, Dad, all my friends have dirt bikes. And he goes, son, you're going to live a longer life on four tires than you will two. <laughs> Your dad didn't tell you My that. My dad didn't
5: tell
1: me that, man.
2: My dad didn't tell me that.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kurt. Thank, Thank you, you man. Keep
3: man.
4: Appreciate you calling Thank you. in. You got it, guys. We'll see it. I love the setup. It's a good reminder, right, good. as he sits there. 23 years, first of all. Shocking, right? He won the last championship before yeah. there was no playoffs, right? Yeah. He was the full season Crazy. guy. And then he's, well, he's got Daytona 500. He had a couple of yeah. other trophies. I mean, he has done so, so, so much. Uh, when, when 2311 got him to yeah. come over there for that second car, it kind of jumped off the page. I'm like, man, that is the right kind that's of guy right. to start a yeah. second team with. He can lead. Yeah. And,
6: and what a great place he is in his life. Yes, like he fully embraces where he is, yep. his age, his, what he can give to the sport. Yep. He's fully committed to making the sport better. Like He has really taken that leadership role and run with it yeah. and, and doing just really good stuff within the sport and within his team. He is, he is showing younger drivers what it m- means to be a successful, experienced yeah. driver. Mm-hmm. I, give back to the sport. It's not yeah. just all take.
5: Yeah, I just can't believe that he would ever end up on a team of Rebels. I just, yeah. I <laughs> see what he said. That, that shocked me. That shocked me. <laughs> All right
6: well we're gonna we're gonna uh, when we come back. we got Marvin Blue on the line. He uh, always yeah. calls in All so right. starting to show back just like it ended last year. We'll be right back.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
3: Today's race was as mentally challenging or exhausting as a Daytona or Talladega. Uh, More, more for sure. I mean, Daytona and Talladega, when you get single file you can relax and today when you were you were single file you were constantly working to stay single file so you didn't lose the lead so i think um that was a lot different you know i'm not used to that
1: oh uh, what what the heck oh my gosh you know i did not expect this at all that was one of those where you know i, I learned a big lesson just never give up i'll tell that date i'll miss her i'm missing the day, and i'm gonna go farting with the boys let's go
3: this is, this is three times now I've finished second, uh, you know, once here in Xfinity, twice in, in trucks. And being my home track, it, it stings a little more than, than the others when you finish uh, when you're the first loser. That's the fight. That's the fight in track house. That's this Gen 7 car to take a lick like that, blow a tire out of nowhere, leading, just cruising, blow a right rear, um, slam the wall, thought our day was over. Um, we got the balance back uh, where I could drive it, and this happened Health Chevy was fasted. I only have a few, but the last few weeks I've been able to race with my buddies, so.
6: Uh, Like I said, we we put new tires on every time, so I I don't think we we wore out a tire,
3: but I think maybe just all the load that that the air is putting on the the leader uh, is
1: making an issue. I mean,
2: it's just kind of a product of this racing and product
3: Pushing and trying to draft and just get your lane going. So I mean, I, nothing's intentional. Uh, obviously, I, I wish we were out there, both of us racing, trying to help Kyle there, and I just uh, needed to let him
0: go off of turn four. You know, frustrating, but I mean, we are we're running well. We're just finishing horrible, and you know, I'm just making some bad decisions.
3: Into stage one, we're going to get a run down the, bat, the front stretch right there. So I don't know why he's pushing like dead center three quarter mark, but I don't want to say anything else. My uh, feelings are hurt. Just two weeks in a row we've been taking out the race.
6: You know, I think they got what they were looking for as far as, you know, the Daytona Talladega tight
1: field.
3: If you ask them, it's a success. I think the racing was obviously close. Um,
2: it's exciting. There's some crashes, so it's something for everyone. This type of racing, is it making you more an entertainer than a driver? Yep. I feel like this version of Atlanta better
5: Oh, my favorite interview ever. I, I, I mean, I just love him. I just love him. Yep. Nope. Okay. That's, so, listen, we heard right there what every driver said. Now, what, what I enjoyed from that is that William Byron wins a race and gets a donut. Yeah. Because it's right there on his knee. Right there on his knee. Ty Gibbs wins a race and blows off a date. Okay. Yep. So, I mean, that makes it personal. You know, I don't know if he's going to get a second date with this chick after, yeah, the, after yeah, this one. Yeah. Uh, but what did, did – Steve, did you hear – we've talked about it. We, we've talked about what we thought we saw, how it was. We heard what these guys had to say. Some to the good, the winners. Yeah. And some that were taken out. So, uh,
4: we could have taken all of those interviews and sprinkled them over Talladega at any time in the last 20 years. And, and I'd say that – As a guy who's left Talladega with the trophy and as a guy who left Talladega and thinking this is the silliest race we do all year, we were perfectly fine and we got in somebody else's mess. I only say that because do I think what we had in Atlanta is perfect? We're never perfect the first time. You you know, some like it, some don't. Some fans like it, some fans don't. I think for a racetrack in a market that's very important for NASCAR down in Georgia, south of Atlanta downtown, what is it, 45 minutes south of downtown, while the drivers love the old Atlanta, we have been in the booth there. (laughs) The fan base would argue otherwise. And if people disagree, who's watching the show, they should have bought tickets because there was not that many people there. So, a tip of the hat to Marcus Smith, huge financial gamble to do this. I'm sure there can be improvements, and I'm okay with drivers speaking their mind. I first want to say that Kyle didn't do anything wrong. Danny can say, like, what I love about the sport is people can say whatever they want, Um, and frustration's fair because most of the guys we talked to were wrecked. So, you know, they're not going to love. What has gone on, right? The only yeah. guy that really chastained, he kind of recovered. But, Jeff, you raced the Talladega, right? You, you could have literally taken these interviews and put them after Talladega, and it would have been kind of the same opinion, I For think. For
6: as long as restrictor plates have been there, yeah. the over the day Bobby Allison yep. ran over the harmonic balancer and flipped and got in the fence. From then on, we've had the same conversation. Yeah. Drivers didn't want it here,
0: right. right? They knew they did it two, yeah.
6: two racing yeah. tracks a year. They didn't necessarily want it here. But, yeah, I think, I think we're – I do think this, though. What you said about the fans is right. This place—I'm not gonna say it was sold out, but it was really yeah. close to being sold yes. out. Best fan, best uh, amount of attendance we've seen in years in at Atlanta. This is okay to do at Atlanta, not at Texas, not at Charlotte, not right. We, what we've seen—exactly right. right. Yeah. You're exactly right. What we've seen this year is that the racing on mile and a half, two mile. The one mile Phoenix have all been really good races. This was a good race. So right now we have a car that we, you know, we didn't have this two years ago. We didn't have this three years ago where I could look you in the eyes and say, hey, we're going to go to a mile and a half. Drivers are going to have to drive their butts off. They're going to be really hard to drive. And on top of that, we're going to have a good race. Every time it got hard to drive, the field just got separated. The races yeah. weren't very good. Yeah. This yeah. car has bunched them up. So we don't have to do this to have good racing. It's okay. It's a repave. It's going to age out. Yeah. The track's going to change. If this wow. isn't the future of Atlanta five years from now. It's going <laughs> to change. But for right now on a repave, it's okay to do this for a period of time. And I, are, I'm a big fan of variety.
4: No, no, no. Not my point, when I look at the schedule, everyone doesn't have to like everything. That's right. And NASCAR owes it to its fans to give them as much options. Yeah. And that is not just markets. Yeah. It's the type of racing. Yeah. It's do you, where do you want to go? What do you want to see? I mean, yeah. no, that's no, no. what makes a good sport. So, so I'm,
5: I'm gonna, uh, Marvin Blue is waiting, so I, I don't want to keep him too long. But I want to ask you this question. Joey Logano said this is like a tax we have to pay to be able to run the racetracks that we want to run. What, what, what does he mean by that?
6: Well, you, listen, we, what we ask of drivers at Daytona and Talladega is a lot. Yeah. We put drivers in a situation that is extraordinary we have done it for so long we believe it's ordinary it's not yeah drivers when you're sitting there running 20th and the car running fifth lands on top of you that's not normal yeah and Dayton and Talladega we put those drivers in very unique situations now you've added another one and, yeah. you know, and, and so, but I do think it's short-lived. I yeah. don't think that, I don't think the racetrack, as, a, as the asphalt wears yeah. Yeah. and the grip level comes out, you're not going to even be able to do that kind of racing. So, I think it's a short-lived thing. I don't know how long that yeah. is, but it's that tax yeah. is, hey, this is what I got to do. Yeah. These are the kind of races we have. It's the same with the IndyCar race at Texas. Yeah. It's just, you know, I mean, you know, they're sitting there, they go from the 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 streets of nashville to a mile and a half at texas running wide open they do the same thing and it's it's pretty much the same in both both divisions
5: listen i don't even drive a race car and he's talking about this place wearing out my hands are sweating uh (laughs) having to think marvin what is not normal is that marvin blue usually calls in in the second segment and here i I don't know what happened marvin What what do you got to say today
3: well, first off, I just want to say it is so good to be back on Motormouth. Lord, how I miss you guys.
5: Miss you, man. Absolutely.
3: Well, I got a question for you guys, and we're heading to the Circuit of the Americas this weekend. My question for you guys is who is your locked-in favorite to win in the Xfinity race on Saturday?
5: Ooh. Xfinity question. Xfinity. He threw the Xfinity thing. Well, in there. I'm gonna say I'm gonna wow. make it real simple.
4: In my mind, the, the the guy to beat is going to be Mr. Almendinger. Because that's, that's good. Austin Sindrick has moved yeah. on. True. Uh, and there's other ones, other, Justin Haley has moved on. I think when I look at this, Ty Gibbs is gonna be fast and you definitely don't want to count him out. But AJ Almendinger, the first name, not highlighted in yellow. Experience, until somebody consistently beats him, yeah. Yeah. he's my pick.
6: No aggression. Gonna oh, going to take yeah, him down. Good. No aggressions. Yeah. A good road racer. Tons of confidence. Yeah, <sighs> He's going after it. And, and him.
4: I, I'm thankful we're going to Coda, and the forecast is better. Yeah, Because oh, NASCAR, yeah. I think we, you know, we went down there. A we year get a ago, shot this year. But it was to like do what you can. Yeah, you do. Yeah. know, it was kind of like I think yeah. the fans kind of got messed yeah. up. It was just it was no one's fault. But really it's funny. like you know, racing in the rain is good for me when I. It's a race I've been to ten times. But I want to see Coda. Yeah. Uh, uh, freshly paved in some sections I, of Coda. Beautiful, beautiful facility. beautiful. I was there last facility. year. Yeah, really I'm gonna
5: cool go with Algar just because I've watched him run Road America and some of those places, and he passes people where there's no pavement. So right, I, I'm gonna I'm 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 go with Algar.
4: But you know, that's the beauty of that race on Saturday is all three of those could win. Josh Berry yeah, exactly right. he's a road course racer. That series. Yeah. I, I thought I was worried when Custer and Briscoe yeah. and oh, yeah. and your son on. and all these people left.
5: Yeah. Man, it's
6: been
4: great. Yeah, it's a great series. Nobody so picked great.
6: Ty Gibbs.
5: Yeah. No, he just won, man. We can't give him too much. I know. Yeah. I know. Maybe Anthony. Anthony, did you pick Ty Gibbs? What's, what's your question, Anthony?
3: <laughs> no, I didn't pick Ty Gibbs. Uh, but, yeah, it's great to be back. First time in two years. And uh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. So yeah, my biggest surprise so far after five races, which is really my question. I think the biggest surprise is more or less the biggest shock, and that's Denny Hamlin as well. I mean, come on, the guy is 26th in points last year. At the time, he had four top fives and one 11th place finish, and he led the points by 39 markers. And now all of a sudden, a year later, he's you know way deep in the points, 26th, averaging a 25th place finish. 92 points back. He's he's struggling just as bad this year as he was in the first year of the Gen 6 car, and it's the first year of the next gen. So at some point, this 11 team is really going to have to turn around. It it may be the first five races, but boy, I can tell you, it can make a big difference come August, regardless. And uh, also, huge shout out to the 24 car, 96 wins, only four more to 100.
5: Yeah, yeah. Oh. So let, let, let me let me to to build off what he what he what he's saying there. This is two years that we're talking about Denny Hamlin. I mean, if we go yeah, back he to last year. He saved last year a little yeah, bit in the playoffs. he saved last year in the playoffs, but th- was, this is two yeah, years. I It mean, was a dry
4: spell in the regular yeah. season without a doubt. Um, and I think that's – I don't want to say it's a concern because Denny's admitted it. I don't think we're going to yeah. talk about anything that Denny hasn't already said. But I think what shocks me more about the 11's performance is the majority of the issues have been driver-induced. Yeah. Whether it's speeding, a misshift, this push on Larson – I don't think any of them are egregious. The shift was a bit egregious. But, you know, they're all mistakes. And and humans make mistakes. At times, I think we forget these these, uh, level of athletes are human. But two years ago, I would have said, man, he's the strength of this team. Like, he's doing some very methodical, very mental, uh, strong type racing. You know, he kind of outraced people mentally. And this year, he's too talented to kind of make these mistakes and say it's okay because he's at this level of being a race car driver.
6: The, and the worst thing for him could be start thinking about, I've got to quit making mistakes. Yeah, and when right. I say yeah. that, because now it gets you off your rhythm. It takes you off offense yeah. to win these races and be competitive. you got to be on offense. You can't be on, gosh, i got to quit making mistakes. So he's got to find a way emotionally to keep attacking, but then minimize the mistakes. Real quick. Let's don't. He mentioned the 24 car. How close you yeah. are to 100 wins? Let's, let's you know, <laughs> William Byron, to <clears throat> me, is the next guy. He's the next, he the guy, next guy to step up to the plate yeah. and win a ton of races. It's
5: coming this year. Yeah. I think it's coming. I think he is going to be a real championship contender. Aaron, I, I have to say that the problem with having me host is I can't hear what you're saying. So who did you tell me is on the on the <laughs> on the phone? <laughs> <laughs> Ali. Uh, okay. Next caller, please. Next caller, please. I'm sorry. I, that, I blew that one.
3: Hey, you guys are good. You guys are good. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Great. 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 Awesome. So Which my question? question was on Kurt Bush after the race yesterday. He said that for the July Atlanta race, they should come back unrestricted. I think he meant, you know, 670 horsepower intermediate, not 850 2014 style. Uh, do you guys think that would be a good option, or after the chaos yesterday, should they keep with the five ten, restrictor plate type package?
6: I'm going to go all analytical, so I'm going to start with the drivers. Cause... Yeah. What do, you, what
5: do you What's your thoughts? What's your thoughts?
3: I
6: don't. I don't think we can get there. I don't think there's enough loss of grip in the asphalt to go there unrestricted, and having to develop a new tire, yeah. a new everything. I don't think we can get there from here. I think that would be at early as a 2023 thing. I may be wrong, but I don't I just don't think we can get there from here this quickly. I'll go farther than that. I don't think even maybe it's a
4: 23, maybe a 24, 25. I think Atlanta will not be a restrictor a restricted type racing forever, a super speedway type package. Um, but these cars, while they're tough to drive, these teams are so good at optimizing their performance. Yeah. Sticker, brand new Goodyear tires with the horsepower put back in these cars, yeah. I think would be an uncomfortable yeah. amount of speed for a few laps. Yeah. And yeah. I think that actually could yeah. be worse.
6: You, you know, we yeah. have to make sure that it's a reasonable, reasonable yeah. speed. I will say this. Going to Atlanta in the summer.
5: <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes.
6: Like when you, when you drive a race car and you're in the gas 100% yeah. of the time, and, you're, and if you get to the point where you're on the edge of grip, it's going to look like a different race. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. If yeah, yeah, we yeah. lose I, grip in the racetrack, because you'll start having to lift and it will look different.
5: Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I think the thing is from an unrestricted is, A, I think the grandstands are too close to the racetrack for unrestricted <laughs> racing do. down there because these cars are going to go crazy. But at the same time, under this configuration, I think, and you, you guys mentioned it earlier, as the racetrack wears out and the cars get to a certain point – then they're going to cross where you're going to be able to do that because you're going to have to lift. You're going to have to work it. You're going to have to drive it. No matter how much power I give you or how much power I give you, you're not going to be able to run like they run Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. So as those cross, that's when, whether that's 23, 24, 25, whatever year that may be, that's when it becomes an option, I I think.
4: Can we, like, say 20, 24, 25, whoever the guy is that runs the top is going to be the man because when this banking wears
5: out, I don't know, something tells me they are going to be right around the The face. man. All right, well, I don't have to listen to Aaron in my head anymore, so we're going to take a little break okay. here and come back and take some more calls from all you guys and get all the good answers from these two guys. Not me, <laughs> these two guys.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble.
4: It's a busy week here on NBC and Peacock. Motor Mouse on Wednesday. The victory celebration will continue for William Byron. He's going to join us at 6 o'clock on Wednesday. Dale Jr. Download moves to Thursday, 6 p.m. Jeff Bodine. If you haven't been on Dale Jr.'s social, he posted a picture of that truck wreck from Ooh. Jeff Bodine. Oh my gosh. I'm sure it's going to be a fascinating conversation. Monster Jam noon on CNBC. And then Monster Energy Supercross from Seattle, Saturday night, 10 p.m., on USA and Peacock. Remember, everything on demand is available on Peacock, Motor Mouse Dale Jr. Download, and Supercross. Well, it's a call-in show, so let's get through all these callers that have been patiently waiting. Michelle, you're on the line.
3: Hey, guys. Welcome back. It's great to be on with you guys. I had a couple of questions. Actually, it's one big question. The tires, when you guys were talking about that Do you think the penalty for the tires falling off is too much, considering if that happens and when it has happened? The cars themselves have basically been not driving the way that they're supposed to. Justin Haley, like, when his tire came off, he lost brakes, and he, you know, they were in the back. Um, I think the same thing for Corey LaJoy when that happened. Like, he basically wrecked his car and couldn't continue. Um, Do you think that it's policing itself or do you think that there needs to be that strong of a penalty for this new one lug
6: rim? Mm. Uh, You know, I've learned safety questions to the mayor. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm good with the penalty. I think that we got to keep the tires. We got to keep the tires on the cars. If the, you know, the big question for me is if the pit stop slowed down and you got the wheel on the car correctly, would it have come off? or if it's a mechanical issue yeah. that no matter how yeah. much time you spent well that was I think that was heard you know during the appeal of one of these penalties that that was presented and it got rejected from the appeal so what my belief is that if you took your time and got the wheel on there wheels don't come off in practice yeah yeah if you got the wheel on then the tire it, correctly then it wouldn't have come off so I think you keep the penalty because it's a huge safety thing. We cannot have tires bouncing up into the grandstands yes. or into other cars or on the pit road. Yeah, There you go.
4: James, you're on the line. Hey, how's it going? And
3: uh, let me say this. Uh, it's great to hear uh, Motor Mouse again uh, for NASCAR and NBC. That was a good plug, James. Good, 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 good one, good one, good one.
4: What's your question, sir?
3: <laughs> All right. Um, I wanted to ask, um, after five races with the next-gen car at uh, five different types of tracks, um, with the first road course at Coda this weekend, um, what's going to be the biggest challenge for the drivers and the crew chiefs uh,
5: going into that race next weekend?
4: KP, you want to take a pick? What do you think the biggest challenge with the car at the road course is going to you be? You know
5: I, I'm, I have, I have been waiting for the road course with mm-hmm. this car. I've just been waiting for the road course mm-hmm. for this car because to me, this looks like a road course car. You know what I mean? I mean, that that as I look at... The symmetrical car, as I look at the big brakes, the big tires, the, big, the low profile, man, it looks like I'm watching an IMSA race in some, some way, shape, or form. I want to see our guys, I want to see the cup guys perform at that level, at a place like Coda, in this type of race car that I feel like was there. So, um, I mean, for me, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see Austin Cindrick, It's going to be interesting to see Chase Elliott. Uh, we're back to a road course, and we know yep. what he's been able to do. There's going to be some guys that maybe uh, that I'm looking at, but then there's going to be guys like Ross Chastain. Remember Ross Chastain at COTA last year in the rain, man? He blistered him. So, I mean, it, it's, I, I'm just, for me, I want to see how this car performs on the road course. I think they're going to have to manage aggression because I think yeah. people that have not
4: been super successful at the road courses are going to have their ability to really get in the braking zones, oh. which is going to make it <laughs> dicey on corner oh. entry. Ed, you're on NASCAR American Motor Mouse
3: guys, great to, great to have you back for the new year and following up on the road course question, what do you think about the, uh, the announcement by Hendrick and NASCAR to, to take the next gen car over to Le Mans? I think that's going to be a pretty cool deal and uh, I think it'll do well over there and uh, I wonder if Steve's going to go back over and crew it.
4: So well lamar's on my bucket list uh if i got the invite i'd, I'd have to be asking my steve bosses is, for the whoa, weekend
1: steve,
3: oh,
4: whoa,
6: whoa, that, you know, Wait, wait, yeah, wait! what yeah, was yeah, that was yeah, that a, i'd do it was yeah. that
4: what that was oh, you know lamar, a,
5: i'd go to lamar in a heartbeat steve for sure thanks for the call steve yeah. has yeah. been practicing french during the commercial break so, <laughs> so you know no so
4: so the ones who missed it right hendry motorsports joint effort with nascar uh, chevrolet are going to bring this next gen car it's called a garage 56 entry which is basically make it real simple it's a non-competitive entry. It doesn't have a full class yeah. of cars. It, it's really what's great for motorsport worldwide. It allows technology to be on display. That's what this car is going to go do. It's, it's spectacular for NASCAR under Jim Francis' yes. leadership to say, we should have a car here. We aren't so big on ourselves, so egotistical yeah. that we don't believe that Le Mans matters in world motorsports. Yeah. It does. It is a huge platform. Um, i, I tip a hat to Chevrolet, yep. Hendrick Motorsports, Rick Hendrick, Chad Canals. This is going to take a yep. lot of effort. So I, I think it's great. Where it goes, it doesn't really matter. It's just going to be cool to see how a car yeah. does. And I just hope they're on all yeah. 24 And hours. for the record,
5: this is the second time because Junie Dunleavy uh, went over with Brooks and those guys yeah, in 76, right. in and Herschel McGriff ran. I think Herschel only ran a couple of laps. I think Junie and them made it eight or nine hours. So this is the second time, but it's really cool. You crew chief it, you drive it, I'll go eat and drink wine. Oh! <laughs> oh!
4: Well, that sounds like a fun trip. Yeah. <laughs> Kathy, I'll drive you, you back and forth to the racetrack. <laughs> there you go, Kathy. You're on NASCAR America Lonermouse.
3: Yes, we were at the race yesterday, and we were watching the standings, and Christopher Bell crossed the finish line in second position. When they dropped uh, his number from the second position, they moved him down and said that he was moved from second to 23rd because he crossed the yellow line. To begin with, there are no yellow lines in Atlanta. Definitely.
4: Well, you know what? That's a good point. And I wish they would have painted them yellow, Jeff. Because well,
6: everybody, called them, the out. everybody right. called them yellow. So everybody called them. So the rule is, it's just like Daytona and Talladega, you cannot go below those lower lines to advance your position. No matter what color they are. Right. So there, they were white and red. The reason they were white and red is because there's a major transition from the banking to the corner, to the, to the apron. So it's like, yeah. you can imagine the apron's down here, the corner's like this, and it's a great big change. NASCAR and his drivers were worried that if they got their left side tires on that apron, they would spin out and wreck. And they wanted that line to stand out big time. So that's why the colors were worth they were. And the rule says, if you go below those lines, the left side tires below those lines to advance your position, you will be black flagged. So he went below the line to advance his position. NASCAR really had no choice but to make the call. And they put him the last car on the lead lap. They couldn't enforce the penalty because it was on the last lap. Had he been during the race, he would have, he would have had to come to a stop-and-go penalty down pit yes. road, or not a stop-and-go pass-through, but that wasn't able to do, so they put him back in the last car on the lead lap. It's great
4: question. Great yes, question, Kathy.
6: Yeah. Nate, you're on Motor Mouse.
3: I see how this is. I'm after Marvin and NASCARL and everybody else. Is this our Nate? This is our,
4: this is our Nate. Nate. If I knew this, this was our Nate, Nate, I would have kept asking sounds questions like, from the panel. Sounds
5: like a podcast to me. Sounds like I, Nate I, on a podcast. I, <laughs> Professor. If you're, if you're calling in to give
6: us some big words and ask <laughs> <laughs> us for the meaning of them, you're off.
5: We're yes. taking you off yes. right now. All big all words right. Nate. All, all right.
4: right, Professor. You spent uh, the weekend in, in IndyCar World. How'd it go?
3: It went great, guys, and uh, a fellow you are very familiar with, Jimmy Johnson finished a career-best six at Texas Motor Speedway yesterday. I was there, uh, of course, uh, NBC was there as well, and now the next oval on the schedule for IndyCar is the Indy 500. This was Jimmy Johnson's first oval in the IndyCar series. So now he goes to the Indy 500. Stevie, you were on the pit box with him last year. He goes Indy 500. Now, with a chance to win the biggest wow. race in the world, so I just wanted your guys' opinion on what you thought about Jimmy Johnson finishing a career best sixth at Texas Motor Speedway, Indy, IndyCar Series, and what that means for the Indy
0: Five Hundred.
4: Well, I think it's great for the IndyCar Series. It's great for Jimmy. I texted me, texted me right back. He was so fired up. Um, <laughs> I sat on the pit box with him, and while he watched the Indy Five Hundred, he's going to be competitive. I can yeah. see the the fire in his eyes. So it was great for that series. This show, back Wednesday, 6 p.m. with William Byron. This week's winner will join NASCAR America Motorbikes.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well.